When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. The volume. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix presented by FanDuel. It might be cold outside, but the sports calendar is heating up and there's no better place to get in the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers, boosts, and more. When you win, you'll get paid fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting, combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay, and try out the same-game parlay plus. And FanDuel is now live in Maryland, near where Javante Davis is going to fight in just a few weeks. So use the promo code BOXING and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Promo code BOXING. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. And we are back. Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. Big show for you today. Regis Progray, the former 140-pound champion. He joins the program a little bit later on. He is finally getting another opportunity to fight for 140-pound belt three years after he lost his title in a close match against Josh Taylor. Talked about him about that and several other things. But it's been a pretty busy week in boxing with a major event announced. Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, terms have been agreed to. Network deals have been aligned, and we are going to get Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis, assuming both of these guys get through interim fights, which are scheduled to take place in January. Talk about that and a lot of other topics. One of my good friends in this business, the co-host of the DAZN Boxing Show with Akin Barak. He is Ak himself, and he joins me on the show. Ak, I figured there's no better time to bring you back than when Gervonta <laughs> Davis finally books a big fight. Because yeah, I know as an avid Gervonta supporter... I know you were reaching your breaking point here. Like you were you were kind of on the on the brink of abandoning your Gervonta support if he had not booked this fight. I, I, I almost I first of all, thanks for, for having me on the show. I, I was about to jump on that Chris Mannix bandwagon for a second, but I said, let me hold on. Something is gonna happen. And it did. Yeah, so. it did. And and we are gonna get Garcia versus Davis, presumably in April. Just to run through some of the deal points, the financial terms between Gervonta and Ryan have been agreed to for weeks now. I was reporting it back in late October that they had reached an agreement on the financial aspect. It took a couple more weeks for the networks to get aligned. This is going to be a Showtime pay-per-view. 
Showtime will produce and distribute it. The zone will be paid some kind of seven-figure fee and retain the right to sell the pay-per-view on the DAZN app, the DAZN platform, everything that DAZN does. So, you know, we were just, you know, just a couple weeks after uh, we lost out on Spence Crawford, we get Tank versus Ryan. Give me your reaction to this deal being all but signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, well, I mean, that part alone always worries me just a tad bit. You know, unless fighters sign on a dotted line, I could never really take that to the bank. So, but you would, you would, Here's the, the benefit of, of having an interim fight, right? Those guys. So you build up more momentum. You know, guys get excited because you're watching a fight where the Apple Apple card could be upset here. So it creates more anticipation for the showdown in April. So I like both guys fighting, but there's always a flip side to that. There's always somebody can get hurt, whether it's a cut, a headbutt. Somebody could lose. I mean, it's unlikely to happen, but... It's a possibility, but I, I like the risk. I think the risk is okay, both guys. Even though Javante's interim fight is, is no walk in the park. You know, that that's a tough fight. That's a real fight. And those are the type of fights where I don't think you would give Javante the credit because of, you know, he's not fighting a household name. But, Chris, be honest on this one. Um, is this fight that Javante's fighting in, uh, in January, January 7th, is that a risky fight? Uh, it's a risky fight. Because he's going up against Hector Garcia, who is one of the hottest guys right now at 130. Um, he's going to be facing a physically smaller man, but Gervonta's not a big guy to begin with. Right. But Hector Garcia is coming off a 2022 where he beat Chris Colbert and he beat Roger Gutierrez. Those are two right. high-quality wins. So the point, Ock, is if, like, if Hector Garcia had picked up one more win in December at a high level he'd be in the conversation for fighter of the year. He wouldn't win it, but he right. would probably be top five, top seven, whatever it may be, because he'd have three right. quality wins. He would have kind of, in a way, a Bam Rodriguez type of year. Uh, so right. this right. is a a really good fight. And I give Gervonta a lot of credit. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't love that there is an interim fight taking place. And this, I was told, was because Ryan Garcia requested it. Ryan Garcia did not want to fight on... January 7th, didn't believe there was enough training time, didn't believe there was enough time to get his body down to 136. So it's, from what I understand, it's on Ryan Garcia. This fight is going to take place in April. But this is a real fight for Gervonta Davis. And I'm very curious to see who Ryan Garcia takes on in his interim fight. I know Joe Goosen's a smart guy. He's going to have some ideas about who he should face. I mean, it's kind of amazingly, Ak, like, Javier Fortuna would have been like the, the right guy for this, right? Because he's kind of a yeah, yeah. A, a heavyish handed southpaw, former title holder. I don't want to say he Javante is a much better fighter than uh, right. than Fortuna, but like he, he kind of resembles him a little bit. What do you think about Ryan? Like what what should he be looking for? Look, he took care of business already. I mean, I like now. I think that Javante set the bar. Uh, Javante is not fighting a soft touch. He's fighting a real opponent, an undefeated fighter that, like, to your point, he, it's a, he's a smaller guy, but Javante's not a big guy. So I think he's putting a little pressure on, on Ryan now. Look, Ryan, you know, can't fight the Uber, Uber driver going to the arena. He has to fight a real fighter now because there's that measuring stick. Uh, a name that comes to mind, and obviously he's tied up, I mean, in talks or ordered to fight Shakur Stevenson. I'm talking about Pitbull uh, Cruz. I mean, I know it's a tough, risky fight. I know that wouldn't be an interim fight. But honestly, if that fight was announced for Ryan Garcia, I wouldn't be upset. And I would have Ryan as a favorite in that fight. So that's the that's the name that, that jumps at jumps out at me for right uh, for a fight uh for Ryan Garcia for January. But I, I I don't see that fight happening. I think he has to be strategic. Uh, you know, you brought up earlier, he has a great experienced trainer in Joe Goosen that's gonna pick the right opponent. But I like him fighting a softball. I I I would like him to to fight a guy that, you know, that nobody's going to resemble a guy like Tank, but at least the stance, you know, get him warmed up and ready. But it has to be an exciting fight, man. I, I'm curious. I don't know what direction those guys are going. Yeah, I was talking to somebody in Garcia's camp on Monday, and, and they were just kind of beginning the process. I think January 21st is going to be the date for Ryan to, to come back in his tune-up fight. And Ryan, he can't wait till April. Like, he just gets too right. antsy and too to into his own head that I think it's good that he's going to get out 
one more time um, before April. The name that I've been coming back to is someone that's not a household name, but fits the criteria for what you're looking for. Jezreel Corrales is the name mm. that that I keep circling back to. He's a former 130-pound champion. He's a southpaw. He's riding a three-fight winning streak coming off a pretty impressive win his last time out. He's about five foot six, which puts him in the range of height for Javante Davis. He's not powerful. He's only got 10 knockouts on his resume, but that's good if you're Ryan Garcia. Right. You don't want to take on somebody with some real pop behind him. And I think Corrales, because it's yet another southpaw that Garcia would face, because he has some of the same physical dimensions, I think a guy like him makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I, like, I like that I like that name. There's another guy that I thought about last week. Now, he's not a southpaw, but because, obviously, uh, you know, the PBC and, and the zone, they're coming to some agreement. I, I would like to see Ryan fight a Mario Barrios because it's that measuring stick with him fighting. Uh, and, obviously... He needs time to get to, to that catch weight. So I see Ryan fighting at 140, maybe even 141, 142, a catch weight to get ready for that April fight. And we all know that Barrios can make that weight. I like that fight. I know his name hasn't been out there in the mix, but once you bring him to the table, people are going to talk about him fighting Tank, what Tank was able to do to him. Now let's see what Ryan can do with a guy like Barrios. Yeah. I like that fight. Yeah, but Ock, don't you want to see Ryan... I want to see him under 140. Like, I want to see him starting to yeah. make his way down towards that 136-pound limit. Like, I want to see him at 138 for his next yeah. fight, progressing down. I don't think Barrios, after moving up to 47 to face Keith Thurman, I don't see him getting down to 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 a lower I mean, for the, for the right check, you know these fighters would do it, Chris. I mean, for the right yeah, amount I mean, of could, money. Could, but could Barrios get – I mean, I don't know when the last time he fought below 140. He's a pretty tall guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that yeah, that would be – I think that would be a lot for him to do. But, like, I just think somebody non-threatening – somebody that's a southpaw, somebody that fits the dimensions of Tank Davis, to me, makes the most sense. I think, in the, right, before we move on, Ock, we got to give credit to everybody involved in this because, you know, we beat up on right. boxing people all the time, uh, justifiably so, for the most part. But right. credit to Mayweather Promotions and Al Heyman for getting it done. Credit to uh, Lupe Valencia and Golden Boy for getting it done on Ryan's side. Credit to DAZN Showtime for finding an equitable agreement that works for both of them. And credit to the fighters who simply were not taking no for an answer here, who went to their respective teams and said, this is the fight we're going to make. Don't move on to something else. Don't change your mind. Don't, don't come to me with this other game plan. This is the fight that we both want. And it got made. And I, I hope, I, I'm not going to say I believe it will be because it's boxing, but I hope right. this becomes a blueprint for future fights. I hope this becomes yeah. something that we can look back on and say, look, this isn't Mayweather-Pacquiao. This isn't right. you know Mayweather-McGregor. It's not even Fury versus Wilder. But this is two names that are going to sell a bunch it, of pay-per-views. It, is, is, it, wait, is it not? I mean, is it not bigger than Fury-Wilder? Fury-Wilder was, I believe, I don't, I don't remember what the exact number for the second fight was, but the first fight was like, what, 800,000 pay-per-view buys, something like that. I don't think right. it gets that high. I, I was talking to a lot of industry experts this week, and they had a peg between 350 and 5, which is... Look, what? Yeah. No way. Pay, no way. I'm telling you, like, pay-per-view, it, it's, it's a problematic business. I know it's not the same. It's a problematic I, I, I business. Pirates. And by the way, Ryan and Tank's fan bases, maybe especially Ryan's because he's they're they're just very digital. Like they are gonna pirate the bejesus out of that fight. <laughs> like that, like I, I hope it doesn't happen because I think it's bad. You're stealing from these well, fighters. Boxing. But yeah, um, absolutely. But I, I just I, I don't I think the days of seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand, they're just reserved for like Canelo and they're reserved for heavyweight heavyweight super fights. I, I'd love to be wrong, but I think this yeah, probably I tops out at five hundred. I think we, I think we'll, we'll find out in April. I mean, there, there are other experts that are projecting this fight. There's a million. Like, who, who knows? With they the pirating itself, they are bonkers. I, 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 I get it. But listen, look, is there some truth to this, Chris? Look, uh, you're an insider. I mean, people are saying that this fight is really not promoted by Mayweather Promotions. That they're not a, a, a promoter or a partner promoter in this fight. Is there any truth to that? I don't know yet because we'll see who is promoting. You know, really promoting. Tank versus Garcia in January. Because, look, Tank, for, for everything that Leonard Ellaby says about the relationship is fine, Tank goes on social media once a month and just <laughs> indicates that it's not. And his last exactly. tweet involving, and I'm sure you saw it, Raleigh Romero, uh, you know, talking, Leonard said yeah. something, Tank's mother overheard it, whatever. Um, there's certainly some problems there. And if that is the case, I mean, look, Golden Boy will take a 
lead role in all this. Oscar De La Hoya will certainly be front and center in all this. I don't think they'll have a problem promoting this fight um, from a logistics aspect. Uh, I think that'll be that'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I, again, I hope it does do that big a number. I just it, it's just so hard to do those numbers. And one last thing on this fight, Chris. I mean, I know you said everybody involved in creating a fight has uh, um, is happy, you know, to, to some degree. But all the investment that his own has made into Ryan Garcia, obviously we know Showtime had made big investments into Tank Davis. Um, why isn't the fight just a, a flat out uh, a flat out joint venture in terms of the zone having their own broadcast, selling their pay per view to their subscribers, and Showtime doing the same? I think it's as simple as. Showtime and Mayweather Promotions wouldn't budge on that issue. Um, and look, I, I spent a lot of time talking to people on all sides of this. And the compromise that was made uh, where DAZN gets a seven-figure fee and the right to sell it as their own pay-per-view, that was as far as Mayweather Promotions and Showtime is go was going to go. I, I am curious to see what the logistics look like for a potential rematch. Because this fight could be so good. Right, right. That, that's that, where like, I was going look, next. Yeah, I, mean. I, have, I have heard from people on the DAZN side that they will have the rights to a rematch. I have been had some pushback from people on the Showtime Mayweather side that that is not the case. But look... Well, I, I'll tell you right now, real quick, just to, just to jump in on that. Um, Steven Espinoza had mentioned that himself, that DAZN will get the rematch. You know, and that's coming from the head guy at, uh, at Showtime. Uh, I mean, good, good. They, I mean, they, that's that. That's the way it should be, right? Like that's right. if you are going to be the lead on one, you should give it to the other. I mean, I've always said all along that the zone and Showtime should be involved, should be involved. Like the zone sank a lot of money into Ryan. Showtime sank a lot of money into Tank. You all deserve to be involved. And quite frankly, if you're a fighter, you want everybody involved. Like I've made this analogy before, but it's like if the Lakers, if it's like if the NBA went to the Lakers and said, "We want you on." TNT and ESPN and Lakers being like, nah, why would we want that? Of course you want that. You want right. more exposure. Right. The more people right, that are right. involved, the more potential pay-per-view revenue is produced and everybody. But is this a competition? Is this a competition in terms of, okay, uh, both platforms are going to sell this fight and we're going to see what boxing fans are, are more uh, dedicated to their platforms, right? Like, uh, is it, are we going to be able to have to compete with Showtime? on who's going to sell more pay-per-views on this fight, even though they're producing it and, you know, and they're going to have the talent on a broadcast. Is there a possibility that Showtime subscribers, I mean, more of the zone subscribers will purchase the fight? Let me tell you something. I don't know the answer to that, but right. uh, I covered and wrote a whole story for the magazine to, in 2015 on the inner workings of the negotiations between HBO and Showtime when they put on mm. Pacquiao Mayweather and the mm. gamesmanship there was next level. <laughs> Everyone, you know, people from the other networks were so eager to call me up and say, we got this, but we got that. Right, right. We did this <laughs> and we did that. I so imagine. I can tell you in the aftermath of Tank Ryan, if Showtime sells way more linear uh, pay-per-views than DAZN sells, uh, sells digital, they'll let us know. If the reverse is true, <laughs> something tells me that DAZN, DAZN, uh, will, DAZN will let us know as well. We are DAZN employees, of course, but they will. Right. I, I have a feeling they will be happy to uh, to pass that information uh, along. Um, from That's good news, from good news to bad news in boxing, I want to pivot back to the Spence Crawford negotiations because T Terrence Crawford's out there now. He was on the DAZN boxing show recently, and every conversation is about what happened with the the Spence fallout. Um, you talk to him. Right. Where, where do you stand on all this? Like the, the blame pie, so to speak, because there's been a lot of information kind of thrown out there. There was a 20 minute Instagram right. video that uh, Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford did right after things fell apart. There was a Twitter back and right. forth. People talking about hedge funds. Now there is right. the PR tour that Crawford is on at the moment where he's telling his side of the story. How do you divide up the blame pie here? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I mean, I know Crawford, Terrence Crawford personally, and um, for him to go out on a limb and get on on Instagram live for 20 minutes is because he's, he's really passionate and frustrated about the situation. Uh, so there's a lot of truth to what he said. And in, in theory, if one side is telling a story and the other side is not really giving a response, I mean, you would have to lean towards a guy that's actually giving his side of the story and you're not giving any response. So, I mean, who are we going to blame? I mean, we can't blame 
Crawford for this fight because he's giving us his side of the negotiations. We all know we're not going to hear Al Heyman talk to anybody, right? And all Errol is doing is putting out tweets here and there. He's not getting into specifics. Uh, so, look, I, I like Errol as well. I, I know Errol as well. He wants to fight. Both guys want to fight each other. You know as well as I do, neither guy is scared of each other. So it's not about that. Um, but I, I would have to lean towards the guy that's giving you something. He's giving us something, and he did it for 20 minutes. And to my understanding, the particulars on those deals, Chris, um, they were true. There wasn't no transparency there in terms of, you know, the net and the gross and so on and so forth and guarantee. We all know that Terrence was going to get paid. That fight would do well, would do good, good numbers. But I don't think it's a deal that anybody in their right mind with the right legal team would accept. So it begs, you know, makes you question. I mean, does Al really want the fight for Errol? I mean, who knows? It, it's so tough, but I have to lean, I have to put more blame on that on the PVC side only because we haven't heard a rebuttal from anybody over there. I would say this, though, about Crawford's explanations. One thing that I think doesn't get discussed enough is that the timing of the BLK Prime deal, right? Like, this didn't come out of nowhere. Like, he had been talking to these people for for some yeah, time yeah but, but chris chris I, i'm sorry i could cut you off but this was this has been it had me frustrated uh last couple of weeks because everybody's addressing it now if i if i'm out looking for a job and i'm on a job hunt right are, are you going to tell me i can't put my application in other companies no. until i get the offer especially if i'm focused on one job i want that job that's the one i really want they're not really giving me an offer yet i'm going to put my resume what is wrong with him talking to BLK? No, nothing. Oh no. Before. Oh no. Nothing. Nothing. It, it, I was just sort of was, that was sort of my preamble to. Oh okay. To no, say, some people no, were to saying say, no, that no, they, no, they no. were faulting him. I, look, I think Crawford wanted what he wanted and was going to right. get what he wanted to get, and he had some leverage because he had an eight-figure reportedly deal on the table from BLK Prime. And look, if you have leverage, you use it. I don't blame Terrence Crawford one bit for taking, right. reportedly, $10 million uh, from BLK Prime to fight David Avedisian. David Avedisian is a nice fighter. I would have loved to have seen him in with Virgil Ortiz, but against Terrence Crawford, he is lunch meat. Like, that is not going to go well for David Avedisian. So if you're Terrence Crawford and the negotiations for a Spence fight are not going the way you want them to go, and there's this deal out there, you say, screw it, I'm going to take the $10 million, I'm going to beat the daylights out of David Avedisian, and then... First quarter of 2023, let's see if we can revisit this and I can get more of the things that I want. That's kind of where I feel Terrence Crawford was in all this. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Chris, the only thing I'm worried about is we all know Al Heyman is a very private uh, uh, man. And um, I, I can't recall any fighter on the PBC side, even former PBC guys, ever expressed this much about negotiations with Al Heyman. So, I mean, who's to say that Al is... is you know, would be upset indefinitely about what Terrence did on the live and not make the fight happen or, or, or get in front of the fight from happening. I mean, I'm I'm worried about that because of of his his uh you know his history of, of being a guy that you know nobody talks negatively about at least fighters. So would that affect the negotiations moving forward? Should he get past Avenison? That's what I'm. Yeah, wondering. I don't think so. I I don't know that that means that they're going to reach a deal, but. I do think they can pick up where they left off. Maybe it's in January. Maybe it's in February after uh, Spence gets back in the ring. If he does get back in the ring against Keith Thurman in February, as many have, have speculated, um, I think they're capable of picking up where they left off. And I'll tell you, I am encouraged that at least it seems like, I know Spence has been on social media being a little ambiguous, but it seems like Spence right. is going to stay at 147, going to take this fight against Keith Thurman, and that will at least position him to get to reignite the Crawford talks, you know, for the summer, say, of 2023. Right. So at least, at least right. I don't feel like the door is completely closed. It felt like it was closed yeah. in the immediate aftermath of, of the everything falling apart. But now I feel like the door is still a little bit open. And if cooler heads can prevail, maybe we can get right. these two guys ultimately in the ring. Uh, last thing for I say you. it happens. Yeah. I, I actually think it happens too. I do. I'm still. Yeah optimistic to a degree that it's uh, it's going to happen. Last thing for you, we've got Dillian White back in the ring this weekend. First fight since getting knocked out by Tyson Fury. He takes on Jermaine Franklin. That's a fight that you can see on DAZN. Uh, number one, 
don't know about you, but I think this is a tough fight for Dillian White. I'm not sold on Jermaine Franklin walkover here. I'm just not. Like, you know, Dillian at his best is a lot better than Jermaine Franklin. But in two of his last three fights, Dillian has been starched. Like, starched. Alexander Povetkin got him, and then Tyson Fury got him. Jermaine Franklin, Sergio tells me this all the time, and I, I, I tend to buy it now. Like, when you don't know what it feels like to lose... You're a little bit better than people think you are. Like, you've got something Absolutely. there. And Jermaine Franklin, I think he knows going over there, this is his opportunity. This is his Tyson Fury fight. He keeps talking about the uppercut, which is, we know, yeah. the fight that Dilly, the punch that Dillian White does not like. Um, let's start here. What do you think of this fight? Is this a more dangerous fight than for Dillian White than people are letting on? 100%. Definitely a dangerous fight for Dillian White. I mean, I think he has to be the best version of himself to, to beat Franklin. Now, uh, we know that there's a fight, a big fight ahead for Dillian. You know, I mean, obviously, Eddie Hearn has been vocal about it, you know, the, the rematch with AJ. So when you have a, a huge fight like that ahead of you, you, you know, you tend to prepare because you know you have to get past this guy in order to get that. And it's not only about a payday. He wants his get back with AJ. AJ stopped him years ago, even before he was a champion. So I know that fight is important for Dillian, but he has to get past Franklin. So I think we're going to get the best version of him because of what he what lies ahead. Um, but no, it, it's not going to be easy at all. In fact, I mean, I think this fight is as dangerous as the Pavekin fight. I mean, and maybe even more because, uh, uh, you know, he hasn't lost. I mean, big opportunity, nothing to lose. I mean, all on the line going out there. So no, this fight is not easy at all. Uh, but I, I, I do see, I do see Dillian landing a big shot and, and hurting Franklin. I, I think he wins this fight by knockout in a rough fight. Uh, not easy, but I think at some point in that fight in the late rounds, he lands a big shot and stops him. And like I said, Chris, you know, he has a lot lying ahead. If he doesn't win his fight, it's all over. He he might have to, because I think there's a scenario where in these later rounds, he's down on the cards. I, I think Franklin, who is tricky, could wind yeah. up outboxing him, being up, you know, 4-3 after 7, 5-3 after 8, that kind of situation where Dillian's going to have to pull one of those wicked body shots or wicked left hooks, the kind of shots that put so many fighters like Derek Jassour and other, others down to, to do it. So I, I, it's a dangerous oh, fight. No I'm going to be watching this one. Um, it does seem like, though, if Dillian White wins, we are barreling towards AJ versus White too. Eddie Hearn says that AJ is going to be back first quarter, March, April of 2023, which would put him in line to face White four or five months after uh, he beats Jermaine Franklin. Is that the right fight for AJ in your mind, a rematch with Dillian White? Um, yeah, I think that that's a perfect fight for AJ. I think he, uh, Dillian is going to get the best out of AJ. We all know that there's history there. There's animosity. Even though those guys, you know, they're countrymen and they support one another, but when they're facing each other, there's a lot of hate there. So I think that, first off, Dillian has to look somewhat, not even if he's down on the cards, if he scores a big knockout against Franklin, I think that builds that fight even more. Now, uh, stylistically, I think that's good for AJ coming off fighting a guy that's as skilled as, as Usek, fighting a guy that's going to be right there in front of you, well, giving him the opportunity where he can land, score a big knockout uh, against a guy like Dylan. I'm not saying the fight pays out like that, but I think this is an actual perfect opponent. Big name, history there, back home in London, and a type of style that AJ can thrive with. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, I think AJ needs a fight that really gets his juices flowing and a rematch with Dillian White, especially if White beats Jermaine Franklin convincingly would do that. The buildup to that fight would be strong. Uh, there'd be a yeah. lot of trash talk. And Dillian White, while being dangerous, is not the same kind of dangerous as Alexander Usyk. He's not going no. to be as slippery as Usyk, as technically skilled as Usyk. And I think it is an ideal fight for Anthony Joshua. What does concern me, not to veer too far off here with Joshua, but what does concern me is I, I, AJ with this idea that like a lot of people are going to train me, like that that never works. Like it, You need a familiar, soothing, convincing voice in your corner. And I don't love it. It, it, it worked for Devin Haney. I mean, uh, and his nah, father's approach to having him with been, different guys. his father's always been the guy. Like his father. Like he's been one guy there. He True. brings in Ben Davison. That works out well. He brings in Yoel Jude. He brings a lot of guys. And I, I actually give Bill Haney credit for doing that because he knows what he doesn't know. And he's willing to learn as he goes along, which not a lot of fathers 
were willing to do or are willing to do. Ryan Garcia's father is another example of kind of being willing to to cede control to a certain degree. But, you know, Anthony... Yeah, it, but for a guy like AJ, you got, you got to understand, like, this guy has been under a microscope since he won an Olympic gold medal. Everything is scrutinized. If he does something wrong, he has the whole world saying, you need a new trainer. You're not doing this right. You're not doing that right. A lot of pressure on this guy. I'm not saying that, you know, he shouldn't have one trainer. I'm saying the guy is trying to figure it out, man. He is such a big name in his country and so much on his back. He just wants to get it right, and he's trying to figure it out, man. But but sometimes trainer-fighter pairings can be a disaster. I mean, Emmanuel Stewart was one of the great trainers in boxing history. I remember when he teamed up with Miguel Cotto, what a mess that was back in the day. Like, yeah. that didn't work. <laughs> and Miguel Cotto, yeah. who looked like his career was finished after that loss mm -hmm. to Austin Trout, he winds up pairing with Freddie Roach, reignites his career, gets several more big wins, makes a whole bunch more money. I'm just but saying, Chris, like, that had, voice He had matters. to go... But he had to go and try those guys out. I mean, he didn't know that they were going to gel well with, you know, he was going to gel that well with Freddie, and it happened. So, AJ, that's what he's searching for. But didn't for. he he's look pretty good? Guy. I, I, he looked better in the rematch with Usyk. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, like, I would absolutely. stay with Robert Garcia. I would stay with Angel Fernandez. I would yeah, actually no, go to I'm not Oxnard saying that's a bad that. idea. Like, I mean, get the hell out I, of here. I like that. Can. I like that idea. We had a conversation with, with Garcia. And he told us in Vegas, he said, you know, for the next one, I want AJ to come to Arsenal. I, I, I want him to be here in this country. So that's not a bad idea. I'm not saying he should shift, you know, camps. Uh, he should stick with him for the next one. I agree with nah, you. I mean, in in the UK, Anthony Joshua can't walk down the street in most major cities without being right. recognized. In right. San Diego, they think he's a middle linebacker for the Chargers. Like, they, no, nobody <laughs> knows. Like, he's just an anonymous yeah. figure. In, and he needs that. Maybe I he agree. needs that. I agree. I think yeah. he does need that. And I hope that he he comes to that conclusion. This is a pivotal time for him. Like, he, he's really yeah. one loss away from it, it being over at this point. Like, I mean, I yeah. I, I think or, Usyk or, is or, fine. Or, but, like, you're one, you know, uh, white-level loss away from it being just done. And he's one knockout away of, of being back, back on top in po a possible fight with, with, with Wilder is what I see next for, for AJ. Should he get past Dillon? I think, Dillon, I think if he should, he should do that in New York, I think. Like, do, do yeah, it in yeah. – like, go back to the place of your greatest failure where it all kind of unraveled for you. Face Deontay Wilder. Do a big crowd like that MSG. Idea. Like, that would be – We know the Brits are coming for that oh, to New York, so I like Brits, it. There was all Brits in that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, check out Akko, the DAZN Boxing Show, weekdays over on the DAZN app, D-A-Z-N.com as well. Akko, always good to catch up. I will see you Likewise. at the next DAZN fight. No doubt. Enjoy your holiday, Chris. Thanks. And when we come back, my conversation with Regis Progray. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, everybody. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to... Essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. 
brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The NBA season is underway. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Plus, FanDuel is the only sportsbook that's giving all customers three months of NBA League Pass when they make a $5 bet on the NBA. That is a great deal if you're a League Pass junkie like I am. You can talk. You can bet on all the national games, all the local games. You can bet money lines, player props, futures, same game parlay, you name it. You can do it over at FanDuel. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So download FanDuel today and use promo code BOXING to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1 thousand dollars promo code boxing make every moment more this season with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NBA all right Regis Progre is the former 140 pound champion on Saturday he will attempt to regain a junior welterweight belt when he takes on Jose Zapata in Carson California that's a fight that you can watch on pay-per-view and Regis joins me here on the show Regis let me ask you first I saw that before the media workout this week Jose Zapata was in a minor car accident. When you heard he was in a car accident, what was the first thing that crossed your mind? I was like, oh, Lord, please don't let this fight not happen because he got in a car wreck. That was my first thing. Like, bro, really? Like, he gets he gets in a car wreck the, on a media day. Like, this is like this is crazy. So, um, but they told me everything was fine. He's good. So, I, I was I was happy about that. But um, yeah, that was the that was the main thing. I was just like, oh man, I just can't believe this happened. I'm out here. Um, I don't want the fight to be called off. You know, I had a long camp, and and we all out here. My team, everybody's out here. And if this happens, and the fight get called off, that'll be that'll be a disaster. Yeah, as you said this week, you've basically been training for this fight for three years. So to have it called off would have been a, a catastrophe. Um, right. speaking of this fight, it, it has been more than three years since you lost your title in that unification fight against Josh Taylor. In your mind, why has it taken this long for you to get another shot? I don't know, man. Maybe it's the maybe it was my team. Maybe it was the people around me. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like, it, I, I can't say why it, it took this long. It shouldn't take this long. You know, like, if you look at when um, I was a champion, I was number one in the world. I was champion and number one in the world. And then, you know, I lost the belt, and it took me all this time to, you know, to get back to it. And then you have somebody like Jose Ramirez, which, you know, he fought Josh Taylor, he lost his belt, and then he fights, I think he fought Pedraza, and then he's right back in line for the belt again. Like, right right after one fight, I have to wait three fights, you know? So, I don't know, man. I don't, like, you know, maybe it's politics, maybe it's the, like I said, maybe it was my team. Maybe people just don't like me. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I mean, to me, it's got to be politics, right? Because, like, you're a very likable guy. You're a very entertaining fighter in the ring. I think the one missing link is that over the last few years, you have not been aligned with a top rank, with a golden boy, with a matchroom, somebody like that that 
where guys right. play the game and put them right. put people like Jose Ramirez in that position. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's I guess that's what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm just glad, you know, I'm glad it happened now. Um, you know, I've been I sacrificed for three years. I could have went to forty seven a long time ago and you know, I said, you know, my, my thing is I want to be a champion again at 140. That's, that's, this is something that I just want, you know, something I have on my vision board, something that I just, I really, really yearn to have that is to be a two-time world champion. Before I even think about anything else, I want to be a two-time world champion. So I sacrificed, I had a nutritionist, and now I'm standing at 140. So why, tell me more about why that was so important to you, because you're right, you could have moved up to 147. There is some, there was some talk a couple of years ago about you and Terrence Crawford potentially meeting at 147, you you were talking about and have fought at catchweights uh, over the last couple of years. Why is it so important to you to get that second title reign at 140? Oh, uh, honestly, I just feel like I still should be a champion. That's all. I mean, with the whole Josh Taylor thing, I still felt like listen, I, it, it was a close fight, and I, I won't say that oh I got robbed or nothing like that because I did get robbed, you know. But I felt like you know. I should still be a champion. That's just kind of how I feel. I feel like I didn't lose the fight, and I should still be a champion. I feel like if the fight was here and it was that close, I probably would have got the decision. So I feel like I should still be a, you know, I should still be a world champion. And it's just, it's just kind of my personal history to, you know, um, be a two-time world champion. How much do you think back on that Taylor fight? Because I mean, you did. It was a very close fight, and you did have to go overseas to take that fight as part of the World Boxing Super Series. Uh, Taylor mm-hmm. went on to become undisputed, and you've kind of been trying to work your way back into that mix. Do you think often about that fight? Um, It's like, yes, it's a yes and no thing. You know, like, so for me, I tell everybody that my personal life is amazing. You know, like, so it's like, it's two different lives, like the boxing life and then the personal life. Like, my personal life is way more amazing than my boxing life. Like, I just, like, I only, I really do boxing just because I really love the fight. I really, really like the train. I really love boxing. But as far as the politics, you know, I, I really don't like all the politics and all the stuff that goes behind boxing. I don't like that. But I love the sport. I love the fighters. I love the history of it. I'm a historian. I read about boxing all day. I just love that about about the sport. But as far as the things that go on behind the scene, I don't like that stuff. So I just box because I just, for me, I just box because I just, you know, I love it. I just love the, um, I love the sport. That's all. And um, so, yeah, that's it. I just, I, I love it. But on my, per, on the personal side, I'm, I'm always great. Was there, professionally speaking, was there a really frustrating point for you over the last few years where, you kind of wondered, where maybe you wondered if it was ever really going to happen for you. Um, it's like it's a yes, it's a yes and it's a no question. It's um, that's, I mean, a yes and a no answer because, um, for me, what I did, like to get to the number one spot, to get to be a world champion, what I did is I just worked, man. I studied, I worked, I put my head down and worked, and so for the last three years, that's that's what I did. I just put my head down, I worked. I, I mean, for the most part, you know, some every now and then I might say some things on social media. Um, but for the most part, I just, I shut up. I didn't complain. I just put my head down and I worked and worked and worked. And I knew, listen, if I keep working, no matter if it takes three years, four years, six years, I'm going to, I'm going to get that spot again. I'm going to get a shot again and, you know, to, to for the belt. And I'm going to be a two-time, I'm going to be a world champion again. So, um, it was like, yeah, it's, it, it was frustrating. It was definitely frustrating. And, you know, the most, I think the most frustrating thing is that, listen, I fought on all the networks. I was main event for a long time, fought on ESPN, I fought on The Zone, I fought on Showtime, main event all the time. And then as soon as you lose, it's like, they just, they it's like they throw you away. Like, literally, they just, in boxing, they just throw you away. They put me on undercars. I'm like, you know, and I, I didn't I didn't say nothing. I didn't complain about it. You know, in, in my head, I'm like, all right. You know, but I didn't say nothing. I said, all right, you all this, you're going to see, because I will be a world champion again. And all the frustration is going to come out. It, it really is, Reed, just the worst part about boxing, how they treat a loss or how promoters and networks often treat a loss. Because you look at UFC, and I don't even know how many losses some of their main events guys have. Like, how many losses Nate Diaz have, and he's still a, a headliner. You are, a, you, you are, you have been a really compelling guy in the ring. Your fights are entertaining. So networks should want to have you won more often. It was always perplexing to me. I know some have tried. I mean, I really wish, and I'm sure you did, that the hooker fight happened when it was supposed to happen before the pandemic. That would have been a great showcase fight with for you and yeah. probably would have propelled you a little quicker back into this mix. But even like, I mean, the craziness of the business of boxing is like you're here in this fight on Saturday 
in large part because Jose Ramirez bowed out of this fight, which is crazy. Like, I respect Jose Ramirez, tremendous right. fighter, but wh right. why was he first in line for this this opportunity for a vacant belt right. instead of you? That's what I'm saying. Like, why was he? Exactly. You know, like like I said, he after he took his loss to Josh Taylor, he fought one fight, and he's right back in line. And for me, I, I have to fight. I had to fight three fights for three years, and then and now I'm in line. But then they told me, you know, I was short for me. That's why I made a little rant on social media because – um, like I was, I understood that my neck after my next fight, I will fight for the belt. I will be mandatory to fight Zapata for the belt. And then they told me, all right, Ramirez, Ramirez and Zapata gonna fight. Like what? Like how? So then, then I had to really speak up. I had to really say something, you know, because you know I could tell my manager all day long. But listen, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So I had to say something about it. And now I'm just glad I'm getting a shot. Hmm. So you're 33 now, be 34 in January. How do you feel physically at this stage of your career? I feel, man, honestly, I feel better than I felt early because, like, I'm doing everything right right now. That's the thing. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people say maybe it might be cliche and stuff like that, but I really do. Like, I I hired a nutritionist, and, you know, that's – and I hired a nutritionist because I didn't know if I could make 140 because after the after the Josh Taylor fight, I fought um, Harrell Daz. And this, I didn't make weight. I was like a pound and a half over. And so the excuse was, oh, I didn't make the, I didn't, I didn't make weight for a whole year. So that's why you know I was heavy. So then after that, I fought I break catch, and it was like one, the the weight was one forty two, and I was like one forty three. So I still was over that weight. So I was like, man, you know, like I can't do it this way, like sitting in saunas and doing all that stuff. So I had a nutrition. I reached out to a nutritionist, and um, we did a mock camp. He came to my house while I wasn't in camp. We did like a little small mock camp. He got the weight down like that, like in like ten days, and I was I was like um, I don't know if you saw the video. I was in I was in the ones with, with Roberto Duran, and that was I was eating and all that stuff. So I came back I came back to Texas, and he did that man ten days. I got the weight down. I was like, okay, this worked, and now and so my first fight with with him was my last fight in Dubai, and I mean I made I, I was like one thirty eight point eight or something like that, and I made the weight easy. I felt good. I felt strong. Even right now, like usually. Around this time, I feel I will feel like my old way. I will feel dead, and I won't feel too good. And right now, I really feel like it's far. Like my last night, my coach was at the gym, and my coach was like, "Can you please go lighter? Don't do that. Like, don't hit the bag so hard. Let's you know, let's go light." Even tonight, he like, man, like we we just gonna you know we gonna do a few things like drills and shadow box and stuff. And I want to hit the bag. I just have so much energy. I feel so good. So, um, so now, like I said, I feel for me, I just feel better. I got. My food, my food in order, and I just feel better. It's great that you feel that way because, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but like this fight's massive for you. I mean, that belt is currency, right, in boxing. Right. Like you get your hands on that belt. Next up, presumably, would be Jose Ramirez. And after that, 140 is getting hot again, where you're going to have Devin Haney move up into that weight class sooner than later. Teofimo Lopez already in that weight class. Ryan Garcia after Tank Davis going to stay in that weight class. Like, what's your mindset there going in? I mean, you, you, I'm sure you sense the importance of this moment. Yeah, I definitely sense the importance of it, you know, but it's just like, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's, just another, it's another fight. You know, you got to look at it like that. It's just another fight. Um, I, I do feel, I mean, I, listen, I respect um, Jose Zapata for getting to this spot, but I just feel like I'm on another level. I really do feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just better. I feel like I'm on another level. And um, it's it's just another fight. Yeah, it's it's a very important fight because it's the belt and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it still is just another fight, you know. So that's kind of how I look at it like that. I'm just um, – I've been in a long, long camp, and I was in camp for about five or six months, Um, you know, not for this specific fight, but for this specific fight because I was actually – um, I was in camp like August 20th. Then, well, I had a date August 20th on the Andy, on Andy Joshua fight. I had the date. I was supposed to fight on that. And then August 27th, they pushed it back. And then they told me, you know, you could fight for the belt. Stay in camp, but you might fight for the belt. So, you know, I stayed in camp. I did that. And they told me, all right, you got the shot. You fight. You're going to fight Zapata for the belt. So, you know, I've been in camp for a long time. And I'm just, for me now, I'm just ready to get it over with. Last question for you. Um, one name I didn't mention was Josh Taylor. He's going to fight Jack Catterall uh, early next year uh, in a rematch. You've been vocal about wanting that rematch of your own. Um, right. Why is that fight important to you? And are you willing to to jump up and wait if Taylor does to go and get it? 
Well, I, you know what? That's definitely that's number one on my hit list because it's just like that's I want my get back. That's all you and we put it in the <laughs> states. We definitely put it in the United States. But I just want you know I want my get back. You got. I think that we have to run that back. And um, you know, but somebody told me yesterday, they said, well, if you have the bell at one forty and he's at one forty seven, you might be the cash cow at one forty. Why would you? You need the, need him to go to one forty seven. I like man. You know what? You might be right about that. Maybe I won't need him. Maybe I'm, I might can make him come down and do a catch weight or something like that. You know. But like I said, that's all speculation. That's all he say. She say. Right now is all Jose Cepeda. Mm. Well, Regis, good to have you back. One way or the other, great. You're getting this opportunity against Jose Zapata. You can check that fight out on pay per view on Saturday in Carson, California. Good to catch up, man, and good luck this weekend. All right, man. Thank you. And when we come back. This week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. Time now for this week's picks brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. And I am locked in this weekend on the heavyweight division. Dillian White, the former heavyweight title challenger, he is back in the UK, back for the first time to knockout loss against Tyson Fury, taking on Jermaine Franklin. Now, on paper, this looks like a mismatch. According to FanDuel, Dillian White, minus 1,400 favorite. Jermaine Franklin, plus 640. You know what I'm going to do? I'm taking the upset, baby. I am taking the upset. I am taking Jermaine Franklin to win at plus 640. He is undefeated at this point in his career. And Dillian White, even though I think he is the better fighter, he is coming off knockout losses in two of his last three fights. He was stopped a couple of years ago, badly, by Alexander Povetkin. He was stopped in his last fight by Tyson Fury. I think that Dillian White has taken one too many hits, and I think that Jermaine Franklin is going to take advantage of it. I think Franklin wins by decision as well. That is plus 1,300 right now over at FanDuel. So I'm going out on a limb here. I'm not taking a favorite. I'm not taking an easy pick. I'm taking Jermaine Franklin at plus 640 to win, and I'm taking Jermaine Franklin at plus 1,300 to win by decision. Those are my picks brought to you by FanDuel. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Ock from the DAZN Boxing Show and Regis Progray for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll be back next week from Arizona with Sergio Mora. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.